Welcome to the Not Somewhere Podcast. Tonight we're joined by Crystal, Bridget, Adam, and Tony. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hi. Hey. How is everybody doing? Wonderful. Hanging in there. Phenomenal. Oh, great. You guys That's sound awesome. really convincing, too. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to perk up because we have a special guest. His name is Jeremy Stein, and he's from two different podcasts, Main Street Magic and The Diz Dudes. I like that name. And we know Jeremy through the Disney community. He's super friendly and fun. And he went to the opening of Disney Springs yesterday. So he's going to talk about it. Hey, Jeremy, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for joining us. I know that you and I were messaging back and forth. I was kind of excited yesterday. And then you went you went kind of quiet. And I thought, well, he must be having fun. So tell us all about it. Just give us the whole story. So you came down from Jacksonville, right? Yeah, we're uh we're just south of Jacksonville in St. Augustine, Florida. So it's about a usually about a two hour drive door to door um, down to Disney, and it literally took us about an hour and forty five minutes yesterday. Um, okay. So traffic, traffic is pretty light. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we had we had driven down actually last month in April. Um, so my wife and I, or more so me, have a, a crazy streak going uh, where we had visited visited Disney uh, for. At the time, I want to say it was like 40 consecutive months. And when April came about and I knew that we were not going to get an opportunity to, um, I told her we were driving down for a day and traffic was very, very light then as well. But we just drove down and went through property. Uh, so yesterday, knowing that Disney Springs was opening, you know, we kind of thought it was an opportunity to go down, check it out, uh, give some information for our listeners and, you know, our Facebook groups. And, and again, you know, come on and share with you guys kind of what the procedures were like, what the feeling was like. And it went, um, it went really, really well. And, and I can be honest, I wasn't expecting it to, you know, uh, right. I, I wasn't sure what to expect. And so I, I know Chris, I've, I've chatted back and forth with you a lot and, and Adam as well. Adam and I text most every day, just stupid stuff. But, um, I wasn't really looking forward to going down there to be honest. Um, and I think for two reasons. One is I've been kind of like, I've been kind of one of the, the nut jobs during this whole thing. And so I haven't really uh, gone outside the house and, and I've been getting groceries delivered. And I'm that guy right now that's like wiping down groceries, which, which is odd because that's totally not me. Right. But it's just for whatever reason, that's what I've been doing. So I was a little bit nervous to go down, not knowing exactly what the, the safety protocols would look like. And then the second thing for me was, you know, Disney's a place for us and our family that we just absolutely love, uh, you know, much like all of you. And it's it's our second home. It's a place that we go to get away from it all. And I didn't know that I wanted to see it in a different light that I wasn't used to, if that makes sense. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm, you're not the first person I've heard say that, actually. Yeah. And, and, and so that was kind of the thing. And we saw City Walk open up, which seemed to do pretty well. But, you know, it was definitely, I think, uh, again, painted in a very different light and picture. And so we got down there and I got to say, um, it was it was awesome. A- everything was great. We spent about five hours down there. Um, we ate. W- we saw some friends. We walked around and I was very pleasantly surprised at how well everything went, how respectful all the guests were. 
and how obviously well, you know, Disney had planned for this. And I had never, I, I wasn't worried about Disney's side. I was a little bit more worried about the guest side and yeah. how they were mm-hmm. potentially going to respond because obviously we've all seen it in the, you know, the past week or two since they announced Disney Springs was opening. Uh, there's a 50 50 debate on, on the mask scenario. And I was a bit worried about how uh, the guests were going to respond. And I got to say, they were awesome. I was, I was, it kind of restored my faith in humanity that had been let down a little bit over the past nine weeks via social media. So right. I, I was, I was happy about that. Well, I, I think they responded in the best way possible, and that is by grilling hot dogs on, on an open flame uh, on a table. <laughs> I was exactly. not offered. Yeah, I was not offered one. I missed out on that uh, that possible thing. So I'm, we just decided to eat at STK Orlando instead. But there were no hot dogs there. It's probably I'm a much really, better choice. Yeah. I'm really disappointed that they got my bad side in that picture <laughs> yeah. where I was grilling those hot dogs. I was like, "Come on, get the other side!" But no, they weren't very yeah. obliging. That was that was crazy to that see. Was kind totally of missed out on that. Yeah, so, that definitely was. So I actually heard that it was probably some kind of cultural issue going on. So um, I actually felt kind of bad. Yeah, it was a little strange, but um, but yeah, I mean, a little different. Um, okay, so you ate at STK. I've I've never eaten there. How was it? Uh, it was wonderful. It really was good. We had done, they have a great happy hour normally. Okay. I, I don't know what it looks like now, but we'd been there. I'd been there at least two or three times and done sat inside at the bar, uh, had drinks. They have a lot of appetizers that are priced. I want to say they have a, like a step pricing thing where it's like two, three, four and five dollars and they have really good appetizers, but they had a great lunch menu set up. It was very small, but they had like a Wagyu beef burger, which was delicious, uh, a steak sandwich. We got calamari for an appetizer. Um, we sat outside, but they had, of course, removed basically 50% of the tables. So the next closest table to us was anywhere from, you know, six to eight feet. Um, of course, everybody's wearing masks. And as you sit down, you can remove your mask, of course, as a diner. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard to eat. Nobody's figured out that yet. So we took those off, but, um, Food was great. Service was wonderful. Um, after we, we watched them change over a table next to us. So once they were gone, they have, they have white linen tablecloths there. But after that party left, they removed everything. Uh, they wiped down all of the seat, seats, which are kind of almost like a plastic wicker outside, but wiped them all down. Uh, they were going with paper menus. And here, to me, here's kind of the Disney difference that we all know and love is instead of putting down a paper menu and treating it as though, hey, this is a paper menu because of COVID, it was, here's a souvenir for you to take home. You know, and and, and that's something I think Disney does so well. And, and we haven't eaten at City Walk or anything yet. You know, we plan to in the future and see how they're treating it. But I think that's such a Disney difference to do it that way. Um, and it, it just, it was a great experience. It really was. And to be able to Sit at Disney Springs and eat and have a drink was awesome. Like, honestly, until yesterday, I had not eaten food prepared by another human being other than myself in nine weeks. So, <laughs> for you, so no take, was, no uh, restaurant takeout or anything at home? None. Okay. We, we had done none. Um, and so, so it was nice. And, uh, the check in process of getting through the garage was great. Um, the, the temperature, 
reading. You know, I mean, it's a little bit odd because they're pretty much putting a gun to your forehead. Oh, so it wasn't a rectal temperature? No, I know, I know. I I, I know people are going to be disappointed, but... Got that, Tony? uh, (laughs) You know, my grandmother always said that that was the most accurate, so I never got sick at her house. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's fair, but Tony, you will be disappointed. They don't even, they don't even touch you. So I I apologize to you already for that, but... But I'm I'm willing to pay extra. (laughs) That's the VIP experience. Is that what that tent was for off to the side? Yeah, that's part of club level now. If you're gonna get that one, but, uh, <laughs> no, but 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 it was good. It was a good process, and I I can tell you we were um as apprehensive as we were, and we have a couple cast member friends that we've been talking to over the past couple weeks, and you know one of their biggest concerns was how do they uh, continue to convey being a Disney cast member who smiles are like the biggest thing, you know, and you've taken that away from them now. You can't see their smile. And what was so cool is to watch these cast members and you didn't have to see their like mouth. You could see it in their eyes. You could hear it in their voice as they welcomed you back. Um, and we were just, we were so happy. Like, I mean, my wife Rhonda was just, she could not get over how happy she was to see cast members again. And like, they legitimately looked happy to see us. Now they've been out of work for a while. So I'm sure that they're very happy to be back at work, but it didn't feel like, you know, as most Disney cast members, like they were there just to make a buck. They were just excited to to welcome people back and to see the guests again. And that was just probably the coolest thing ever. Um, and then, of course, you're walking through and there's Josh Diamaro, you know, still walking around, uh, greeting people, uh, taking opportunities for for socially distant pictures. So, you know, and, and it, which was really cool. So uh, I was lucky to have a couple words with him and just to see him still there. Just I still think that's just the Disney difference. Kind of for me. I mean, and I think He's it was great. for everybody else there. Yeah. I, I was apprehensive and, and we left. We went, uh, we left that morning and I said, uh, we picked up Jared, who does the Diz Dudes with me. Uh, it was my wife, Rhonda, and our oldest daughter, Kaylin. And we got in the car and I was like, I'm, I'm literally already ready to be back home. Like, I'm not looking forward to this. And around 3.30, while we were still there, we were hanging out with some friends at Polite Pig. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to go. Like, it's so good to be here. Like, yeah. to hear Disney music again and see Disney sites, even though everything wasn't open, it was awesome. Um, yesterday, our friend Mandy was there and uh, she did a little bit of a Facebook Live and I could hear the music. And it was, you're right, mm-hmm. it was nice just to hear the music. Yeah. I thought, ooh, I missed that. Yeah. So. I know. I was watching her do it. And I was like, all right, I, I just want to go back. I love when Josh Amaro did that in uh, Hollywood Studios. He just yes. let you listen to the music for a little while. Yeah. That was so awesome. Mm-hmm. That was so comforting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, the, the, the big thing for me, uh, you know, watching Shanghai open a, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, was I couldn't understand a word they were saying. But to hear the background music as they were in the hub, that was it. That was all I needed. I, I shed a couple tears, um, you know, and, and I'm. I'm envious of the fact that you went to Disney Springs and part of me wishes I was there. But another part of me says without the Disney properties being open at this point, you know, it's not, it's not really Disney Springs right now. It's a, it's an, it's an outdoor mall, you know, that happens, happens to have touches of Disney. Now I wish I could enjoy those touches of Disney, you know? Um, But until the, the candy cauldron, you know, Goofy's candy company, uh, world of Disney are open. Then, Disney Springs will be back and I, we only have another week or so to go. So, um, you know, unfortunately I don't live in Jacksonville. It's a, it's a plane ride for me. So 
I'm I'm envious of you. Well, you know, but but you're you're totally spot on with that. It was I'm I'm glad we went yesterday so that we can potentially go back maybe next weekend. And I don't know that we're going next Wednesday, but we may go that weekend after that Saturday or Sunday to truly get that experience. I mean, and that's the thing to think of walking through World of Disney, you know, or yeah, getting a, you know, candy apple is what I think will truly set it off. And what I, what I'm thankful for being so close, and we're very very lucky to be this close to Disney and be able to go often, is that I hope that all of the um, yeah the, the things that I was worried about maybe I settled yesterday, so that I can enjoy it a little bit more if we go back a week or so from now. Um, now, not in any you know I I don't think at any moment I would recommend that somebody fly in just to check out Disney Springs at this point. You know, um, I, I don't think I would say that if you're more than two hours, it may be worth going. Um, the, the face mask situation is an interesting one. It was not quite as bad as I thought it would be, uh, but I tried out three different styles. So I, um, I, I started and came out with a, with a cloth mask, a nice Disney Mickey cloth mask that luckily a listener had made and, and sent some to us. And uh, as soon as I stepped out of the car, you know, you're in the parking lot and that's where you're going to go through the, the screening, I guess, you know, and they're going to go ahead and do your temperature and you're going to, it's set up right there. And they brought in Advent Health as a third party to do all the screening. And so you do that right on the second floor of the garage and before you go down the escalator and you're into Disney Springs. And as soon as I stepped out of the car, I hadn't really worn a mask because I haven't been anywhere. I've just, you know, been in my house. I mean, my wife has been wearing them uh, three days a week for 12 hours a day because she's a hairdresser and they were able to go back last week to work. So she's been wearing them all day long. So I wasn't used to it. And when I first stepped out, I had almost like a bit of anxiety and, and panic attack because in my brain, my, my, I thought like, I got to breathe more or I'm not going to be able to breathe through this thing. And so when we were first walking through, it was kind of rough. And then I realized, wait a second, I can breathe the same. It's just uncomfortable. And I got to big old head. So it's like pulling on my ears and it's just kind of tight. So I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, so I kept that on for about 10 or 15 minutes. And then I switched to a, um, gator, which looks like a big sleeve. And it's what a lot of boaters use down here in Florida when they're going offshore. And I see a lot of actually, um, lawn care people using them to keep kind of like grass particles out. And so it's this giant sleeve that you can, you know, cover. It goes from your nose all the way down to your neck. That one was a bit more breathable to me, but again, because of my big head probably, it was really pressing on my nose. So I lasted about 10, 15 minutes in that, and then finally I moved to one of the disposable surgical style masks. Uh, we have boxes and boxes of them because at, at my wife's salon, they are requiring that guests or your clients wear a mask, and if they don't bring one, then they're going to supply one, so we have a box of these. And that to me was definitely the most comfortable. Um, uh, yeah, again, I got to say out of the whole time we were there, I saw one person that flat out just took it off and I would, I was, I was kind of impressed with that. Now, if you're eating or drinking, of course you can pull it down. So like you could get beers, uh, from polite pig to go. So like I got a beer to go and as I'm walking around, I just had it pulled under my chin and I was drinking, but you're not still in distance of people. Um, the only thing I really did notice is that, and it wasn't an issue, so I don't believe that they need to have people enforcing it, 
but I didn't see people waiting, either security or cast members, to enforce if a bunch of people just were walking around without masks. My wife and I have talked about how how Disney's going to enforce it. Like, are they going to be, you know, are they going to come down hard on people? Right. Because it, when I think back to the smoking sections, when the smoking sections used to be in the park, you know, that was a very small contained area and they weren't policed very well. You know, you would occasionally catch somebody lighting one up, you know, mm-hmm. on the way to the smoking section or walk out of the smoking section. And they were never really that adamant about, you know, containing people into that section. Um, now granted that was not a worldwide pandemic, you know, that was just somebody smoking. So I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen, you know, when that first group of, of young, tough punks, uh, from capture the magic, you know, are walking through, uh, (laughs) Disney Springs and they all take their masks off. Right. You know, are they going to be surrounded by a, a phalanx of, you know, security personnel? Are they going to be gently guided out? You know, are they going to get a stern talking to? You know, uh, I don't want to be the guy that that tries that out and gets banned from the parks for life. But, you know, what I wonder what the policy is, you know, um, and and how that's going to uh, go down if and when it happens. Yeah. And I think especially when you get to children, you know, there's and here's what we've been recommending. And I hate to recommend this to to people. But if you know, you have a lot of people that are going, well, well, my five year old's not going to wear a mask all day which is completely legitimate, what five-year-old would, depending on the way that Disney looks to enforce it. And let's just say they decide to enforce it. And I, I agree with you, Tony. I really don't know how they can or will. Um, I think they're going to rely more on people just doing what they're asking, which people don't normally do. But our kind of recommendation is if you believe that that's going to be a major issue and you're afraid that Disney's going to re, you know, really enforce it, then this might not be the time to go for you. You know, it's the same thing with all these people saying, well, if Disney makes me wear a mask to Disney Springs, then I'm not going. OK, don't and go. That's, that, that's your prerogative. Right. You know? Exactly. You don't want to wear the it's mask. A right. It's go. not a privilege. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. You know, if, if, if you think your child cannot wear a mask, well, maybe your maybe your child doesn't go. Right. Agree completely. Yeah. Um, so it, but I would say practice wearing a mask <laughs> like, it, you know, if you're thinking of going even just to Disney Springs and you've not worn one. Uh, you know, we tell people, and I'm sure you guys too, don't buy a brand new pair of shoes and wear it the first day to Disney. Um, now Adam's got 80 pairs and he's bringing them all on his trip. So he doesn't have to worry about that. But, um, (laughs) uh, you know, don't, don't do like, if you've never, if you don't walk every day and you're going to go to Disney for a week, you might want to lead up to that going for a walk every day around your neighborhood. To, to start to get your body prepared for it. And I think it's the same thing with the mask. You know, you may want to decide that if you walk to get the mail, put a mask on. If you're sitting around inside, put a mask on. If you're going to go just hang out on your back porch, put a mask on and see what it feels like and try out the different masks. Because just because the disposable surgical was my favorite doesn't mean it's, you know, going to be any of your favorites. So you really, you don't want to get there and be stuck and be miserable the same way you don't want to get there and your feet are killing you because you got a cool, you know, new pair of Nikes. You decided to break in at Magic Kingdom. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, we just we just need to remind Adam if he does go down in the summer, um, cloth mask is better than your usual leather one. So don't mm. don't wear that one. I'm gonna send him one then because yeah, uh, yeah I imagine that's all he owns. Yeah, it matches your Magic Band. I know. 
That, that's what, yeah, he's got to match it to his magic band, <laughs> to his shoes. So I did, I will say, and I was, I was made fun of, and you guys are welcome to make fun of me uh, for yesterday. I wore a magic band. Like, you know what? I'm on Disney property. I'm putting a magic band Aww. on. Did you really? Fun. I did. You, feel, it, you have to. And it did to. match my shirt and my shoes. So oh. uh, that's all for Adam. Yeah, I put mine on like a couple weeks ago and just sat at my desk. <laughs> just for a few minutes. I'm like, oh, look. Look at this magic band. It's like, that's so great, but it's sad at the same time. And yeah. I've done the, I've done the same. I wore a magic band for a few days around the house. And yeah, <laughs> Rhonda was just like, what are you doing? Like, I wasn't trying to open doors or anything with it or, you know, pay for stuff. But I just felt like <laughs> I needed it, you know? So. Did you go to any stores that were open? Yeah, so Rhonda took Kaylin into Uniqlo, uh, which, by the way, people were rope dropping because it opened at 11. I mean, there was a line outside of that, and there was a line outside of Pandora. Um, so for, you know, there's ground markings everywhere. Outside of every store, there's going to be ground markings saying, here's your six feet, here's where you wait to get in. Uh, for a store like uh, Uniqlo or Disney Style in World of Disney, and of course, those two Disney ones weren't open, anyone that has multiple entries, they are dedicating an enter and exit only. Um, once you get inside, Rhonda said there really weren't much for directional or anything, but it wasn't that busy. They do have plexiglass up at all the registers. Uh, they are really asking that you some, use some sort of payment method that is not cash driven. Uh, so Apple pay, you can use, you know, I mean, a debit card and all. Um, and they are doing the six feet apart spacing as far as the line queue goes for the register. But they bought a couple items in Uniqlo, and uh, the the Pele store was open, which, of course, is most important. So if you need your soccer gear, or football gear, I guess you would call it, um, that's open. So at least that that was good. I didn't get a jersey or anything, but that's available. What about the ganachery? <laughs> that the most was, important place. That was not yeah. open. Oh, sad. Yeah, that was not open yet. Cause, okay. Yeah, because that's right there next to STK. Um, the only place to get which I think is most important that I could see to get a to-go like beer or wine or liquor drink was the outside bar at Polite Pig. Uh, there, of course, are, there's none of the like stations. There's no area. Now, now there, a lot of them are there. We can get like a walk-up kiosk beverage uh, and the spacing is out. But of course, none of them were open. Joffrey, Starbucks are all open. Uh, so you could get to-go drinks from there, your coffees and, and you know smoothies or whatever. But really, it seemed like they were trying to limit currently, and maybe this will change a week from now, the grab-and-go drinks. Because if you're walking with a drink, you got to pull your mask down. Um, and then any areas that get a little bit tighter, like bridges, there are directional arrows on the floor saying, you know, stay to the right or stay to the left if you're coming the opposite direction. So they really, I mean, and, and then there's just signs, sanitizing stations, um, everywhere i mean it's just loaded with those so they really prepped well but it's disney so you got to figure they're going to do that one thing that surprised to say was we knew that universal was proposing to open we didn't know it was going to be this soon they're opening on june 1st and 2nd to train team members and then on the third and the fourth they'll have pass holders and invited guests come in and then the fifth proposed we're not 100 percent on this the resort will open were, were you guys kind of surprised by this uh, i was floored uh, as as excited as I am to see the parks opening, um, I did not hear any mention of their resorts. So, you know, are they not going to be bringing? I, I just wonder if they're they're focusing on locals, because if your resorts aren't open, then you're 
probably not going to get a lot of that uh, out of town crowd, which might I, reduce your numbers. They did have availability when I called. I booked a room today. <laughs> I booked a room because you booked. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> like, "What are you talking about? There are Florida resident rates. Go book a room." Yeah. So, in that flow chart, the um, the flow chart for their phase one reopening plan, right. you can see that they actually they have the hotel listed. So. They do. I guess they do intend on having guests stay at their resorts now. I think that makes sense. I, I, I'm not really surprised. I mean, they only have a handful of resorts. It's not like the same capacity as Walt Disney World. And by the same token, today, Disney announced that they were, was it today or yet? It was this morning, actually, this it came morning, out. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing that as soon as I got out of bed and got to my desk, which, you know, is a short trip um, that, uh, that, um, Disney was canceling reservations. Is it through the 12th now? The 13th, I think it is I the think. 13th. Mm-hmm. So I had a reservation for June 11th because I had heard that internally the gossip was that Disney would be opening June 12th. And I thought, well, I'll, you know, cover my ba- bases and get like a week long reservation so I can go down. And, um, that was canceled. So I was very sad. So I think the big shocker too is, you know, okay, so, you know, they have this Orange County board advisory board meeting today and they had Universal proposed. They were the only company that came out with a proposal, but also I believe SeaWorld put in a proposal. Nobody seems to know if Disney did or not. Does anyone know anything about that? I I mean, I heard they were not submitting today. Um, okay. So, yeah, I'm not sure what the deal is there. Legoland is submitting for June 1st. Um, but they already, I feel like, operate at a limited capacity because it's so, not that great of a park. 6,000 people, that's maximum capacity there. That's a, a that sounds park, about right. Yeah. 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 So, have, have you heard anything about Gatorland by any chance? I thought it, it was is, opening as well. I think June 1. Yeah, I think actually yeah. it's like a June 1. So I'm, I mean, I'm flying down. There's if you think about it. Enthusiasts. <laughs> if you think about it, Disney is such a, it's a much bigger animal than any of these other parks that right. they have so many other things that than just, I mean, they've got their transportation. So they've got their, their, the Skyliner, they've got the monorail, they've got all of so many resorts that now they have to deal with all of these interconnecting sources that that's going to be, it's going to be a, it's going to be a process, I think. That's a, that's a really good point because Disney is not just resorts and parks. You've got to think about Magical Express. You've got to think about mm-hmm. the monorail. You've got to think about everything. Jeremy, you want to say something? I'm sorry. No, I agree completely. It, it is, it's a completely different animal. You know, I, I think a lot of people are thinking, well, you know, City Walk. Now, City Walk opening and then Disney Springs opening are, are kind of apples and apples. Um but Universal Parks opening and Disney World opening, they're not even close, I don't think. Or Shanghai opening. There, there is. You're right. I mean, you're talking, you know, 20 plus resorts, multiple transportations, four parks, two water parks, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. It's so, so different. Um, and I know, I believe that Universal's team members, Kind of went back to work a, a, a little bit ago, and we're starting to prep. Disney's are not back, and yeah. you know them dropping the college program, pretty much for for summer and fall, and them furloughing all these employees. Um, they're they're gonna start 
from scratch in a sense. I, I don't think it's something where they can say we're going to open in two weeks. I and, think and it could I, be I something think, we're going to open in two months. I think, Jeremy, um, uh, also to think about with that is they also sent back all the international cast members. So yes. everybody from Epcot. Yeah. Um, you know, which makes one wonder what's going to be the status of Epcot when uh, when they open. You know, it's not like they can replace those folks with the college kids because the college mm-hmm. kids aren't there either. Well, and not just that, but from what I understand, a percentage of people from the country that's represented in Epcot have to be working there. That's per the contract that they have with whatever host country there is. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know how that would work. I mean, I think there's a lot of speculation that Epcot won't open and I saw something online the other day and someone said that, you know, well, Epcot handles people very well. But Jeremy and Bridget, you've both been in Epcot with all the construction in the front of the park. Yeah. It doesn't matter how it handles people in the World Showcase. They've got to get through these narrow corridors in, in mm-hmm. Future World. All those yeah. filters and everything else. Yeah. And, you know, Mark and I were talking, too, and and with the fact, like I, I told him about Universal, you know, with the proposed opening. and. If you, you know, just, I was like, you know, talking about like how I'm like, I can't, I can't imagine how they're, they're going to open and Disney isn't going to open. But if you think about it, Disney has this standard, they're losing what, 30 million a day where, you know, Universal is owned by Comcast, Comcast cable, like Universal isn't their baby that's bringing in all this money. This is huge for Disney. Comcast did a debt offering uh, just like Disney. I, they're on the list of the top 10 companies that have taken. Oh, did they? Uh, that have taken out that, that have taken on debt as, as a result of the whole COVID-19 issue. I, and I haven't really been, I mean, they're a Philly company. Um, mm-hmm. So I, and I haven't really been following them, but you know, but I also, that's what I, another thing I said to Mark is like, you think about people that have cut cable, you know, so they probably are suffering there too. So who knows? It's, it's very, it's kind of interesting to watch, but, but I think Disney's going to be a leader in to show, you know, how we need, how they, you know, need to open, slowly and deliberately yeah well and and one thing i've always wondered is is it possible if disney is is stated that they could only open at just say 50 percent capacity it's possible maybe i'm wrong i'm not a mathematician maybe this is more adam's area he knows numbers i think um couldn't they technically lose more money by opening at 50 percent capacity than just staying closed does, does it make sense to stay closed longer to almost save money, as weird as that sounds, because now they don't have to pay for cast members, they don't have to pay for food and beverage, they don't have to pay for, you know, opening all of these different things. And I'm not sure of that. It's just something that has always crossed my mind that could potentially make them open at a slower rate. I would think they could open fewer resorts and take care of a lot of, you know, if they're dealing with lower capacity, they could open a third of the resorts and still be fine. And we know that Disney has no trouble. If you're booked at the all-stars, they're more than happy to book you to, you know, a moderate and so on and so forth. So I don't, I don't really think it's a problem for the resorts. I think the resorts could definitely turn a profit and people buy so much merchandise and food in the parks that, Tickets. I someone told me once at like a at a Disney meeting. They said Disney could not sell any tickets and still turn a profit just based on food and beverage and merchandise every single day. So yeah. I I don't know. I, I think it's possible. I'm kind of an optimist and really want them to open though. So um, <laughs> you, you know one one thing that may help them. Uh, you know if they if they're keeping resorts closed, uh, there's rumor that the NBA is looking at completing their season at Wide World of Sports, and they're looking at 
you know, what they would need to do to house uh, all of the players, all the officials, all of the team, uh, you know, organizations, uh, you know, depending upon how many teams they bring down, that's anywhere from 300 to like 900 people, yeah. you know, so that could be a, a good influx of cash for them. Uh, from the NBA. So, yeah. you know, even if they don't open the resorts to the public, there are other options. They're also looking at bringing Major League Soccer down uh, to uh, Wide World of Sports. So, you know, they're, <laughs> that's one thing I, I've always said, you know, the Disney bean counters are, are always looking for different revenue streams. Uh, and, you know, they're obviously taking advantage of, uh, you know, the NBA wanting to complete their season, but do it in a self-contained area. Um, let me ask you a question. How how would that work? Like how much longer did the NBA have to go before their season was over? Their season's what done in June. Usually Um, the NBA uh, is losing a lot of money because their games are not on television and they have all these TV contracts that they really want to take, you know, continue with. And, and they don't complete the season. I think there's like certain clauses where they have to return some money back to the TV providers because they finish out the full season and all that kind of stuff. So the the NBA really needs to finish all these sports need to finish their season. They need to get their season going because these guys are, these are, you know, these guys want to make their, their billions of dollars. So I think this plan, I think makes perfect sense as long as they get enough testing to test all these people that are have to be involved and they're not taking testing away. That's the thing. They can't be taking testing away from the general public just so that they can play basketball. Um, but, and the, the players have to be able to, you know, sort of agree to it. But I, that that's millions of dollars that the NBA could be paying Disney right now to, you know, hold up some hotel resorts and take over ESPN uh, wild world of sports for a while. I just don't want them to take my room away from me in July if the park's open. I don't want well, some yeah. some basketball player in there instead of me. Well, so. I find that interesting. I, so I had heard some rumors that the, what they were looking at was using um, like Caribbean Beach Resort because it, it's I mean it's a moderate. It has a good proximity to Wide World of Sports, but I don't know that I can see LeBron James like staying in a pirate bed. Not really oh, sure that that all, <laughs> not I sure hope that if that well. happens, I want pictures. <laughs> that would be outstanding. <laughs> but, but I can tell they they want to play. We I um I I have I have connections with some people that that know NBA players. Uh, uh, Brooke and Robert Lopez, who are giant Disney fans, uh, and those two really really would like to see the NBA come to Disney for sure. So it'd be interesting. I, I imagine a lot of the players would just rent, you know, offsite condos or, or properties i mean they're you know they're still most of them aren't still hurting for cash so yeah but i have heard that it could potentially do that and it could split between uh, a uh, a disney type thing and a vegas you know could be two of the areas that they could potentially finish out the season and they would just i think my guess is they would just go straight to playoffs you know they wouldn't finish any regular game seasons they'd take wherever the teams were at and they would just go to playoffs they they'd figure out a way to have it even if it was you know shortened but yeah that's yeah. right they're they're missing money. Yes, Disney owns ESPN. ESPN airs playoff games. They're not ESPN as Disney is not making money on playoffs games, so they can double dose on the making of the money if they could. If they could get the NBA to pay them <laughs> to stay there, plus they're getting the money from airing all these playoff games. Because because the whole problem with Disney is that they are not making any money right now. Nothing yeah. like because they're not showing movies. Nobody's 
they're not showing anything on ESPN, anything new. So all of these advertising dollars are coming down because they, they, they have no new content. And the parks are closed. they got to think of some. And I think Bob Iger is one of the smartest men in business because he's that his job now is to figure out how to get how to figure it out uh, to get some you know revenue streams for this company and I think this NBA thing is one of them the Disney Springs thing is one of them I think they're probably going to look at Universal they're probably going to be in their Universal watching how they do it and they're going to take what Universal does what's good take it what's bad not do it and figure it out with their parks and um it's I don't I don't know how many people are gonna take week long vacations in Disney once when it first opens, but I'm sure they really wanna they wanna uh, open up so that they can also start charging us again for annual passes because all you Floridians that are on uh, monthly p- p- rates for your annual passes, you guys they haven't been charging you. I think once when they open, they're probably gonna start that clock back up. I would think. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, sure yeah. they will start the clock back up, but I don't think it's a lot of money. I mean, there aren't a t- like Disney World just doesn't have the pass holders that Disneyland does. So, but I, I mean, it's a small amount, but it kind of makes sense to me that Universal would open sooner than Disney, just because Universal is a more attraction based. So, if they can figure out the logistics of just getting people on the attractions, you know, it's kind of easier. Where Disney is much more experience-based. So how do you convey that product of experience, you know, is much more difficult. It's a much more difficult task, like you were saying before, to to convey that smile and that warmth while still wearing a mask. They're going to have to train all of their cast members to do that. Universal really doesn't have that. It's not really an issue. You know, you go to Universal not for that. You go to Universal to enjoy it certain attractions right you know so i could see how the delayed opening would make complete sense for disney just for the plain and simple fact that it's going to be less logistics and more training i think of staff that's actually a really good point because i was i was talking to a friend of mine who is in management at disney and he said that you know just he said that expect about three weeks from when management starts getting called back and an opening because for one thing, Disney requires their ride operators to, um, how can I put this? They have to be recertified if they've been away from operating a ride for a certain amount of time. So he said, that's going to add a couple weeks, you know, just that alone. Whereas, I don't know what's going on over at Universal, but I mean, for them to say today they're opening in two weeks, I mean, that's a lot quicker than I think we would expect from Disney. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I, I, I had read um, an interview with the interim CEO from SeaWorld, and they had mentioned that it would take them three weeks from the announcement of their opening date. And SeaWorld is so small, yeah. you know, and for them to take three weeks uh, to get ready, it made me think that Disney would be at least a month and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, I I hope it's not a month and a half. Um, but I I do think that you're looking at probably at the earliest the end of June. I would mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say the 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 Asian parks seem to have been about three and a half months, and I read that Tokyo is going to undergo a soft opening with cast members uh, towards the end of this month, and I know they closed a little bit behind Shanghai. So if that same three and a half month, uh, you know schedule uh comes to pass in florida you know we're looking at what mid-july 
It's March yeah. to April, May, June. So we're, we're looking at some point in July, which to me is feasible. But I'm not Bob Chapek or Bob Iger. So what do I know? The, the one <laughs> thing I think is interesting, and I don't really follow Disney finances or anything like that too closely. But I think I think not making an announcement today was fairly bold, considering that people are definitely looking at them and wondering, you know, well, if Universal can do that, why can't you? And I wonder if, you know, like Disney stocks took a little bit of a hit today or or not. I wonder if people are concerned about that. You know, I think, in my opinion, they're going to be very deliberate and they're going to do what they want to do. They're going to set the pace and they're not going to they're going to put safety first and they're going to make sure that they have their ducks in a row before they open. Because if they have to close again, it's going to be more devastating. I think. Look at, look at Disney in the media because you're 100% correct. Disney in the media does a price increase on tickets and, and social media explodes. What happens every single time? One week later, universal does a price increase and nobody cares. Nobody talks about it. And you're right. If, if Universal, if this doesn't go great for Universal, there'll be a little bit of backlash, but it's, I don't think it'll be the PR nightmare that if Disney does it too soon and it goes poorly, it, I mean, it could potentially almost destroy them. So right, I think exactly. they're spot on That's with that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Chris, just, just to follow up on, on your stock issue, um, Disney stock closed today uh, at a, the highest point they have been at since February 28th. So they were okay. at about 120. Um, you know, my, my feeling is, you know, they're holding off on making an announcement because, you know, as a travel agent, um, you know, my thought is the minute they make an announcement, they're going to get inundated with bookings, Mm -hmm. you know, a Disney fan, you know, we're all Disney fans on this podcast. And if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably a, a Disney fan as well. So thank you for listening. But, um, you know how rabid they can be. And I think that people are just chomping at the bit. I mean, we've heard of crazy people driving, you know, two hours just to go down and walk on property, um, you know, and if they make that announcement that the parks are going to open on July 1st, they are going to get slammed. And I don't I don't care, you know, wear your mask, don't wear your mask. People want to get in the parks. You know, personally, our next trip, our April trip trip was moved to August. If the if the resorts are open. We plan on going down. I don't care if the parks are open. I want to listen to music. I want to see characters. I want to, you know, I want to buy a Mickey bar. You know, I want to pay $17 for my Mickey bar. I, I don't care. Um, you know, and I think the minute they make that announcement, it's just all hell is going to break loose. You know, and as bad a time as travel agents have had over the past two months, the floodgates are going to open the minute they make the announcement. And and I hope they do, because frankly, this has really not been great. So I'd be more than happy to work a 20-hour day booking clients. But I, I know what you're saying. And it's interesting because I was on a couple message forums today, and the consistent thing was well, Disney's supposed to lead the way and why aren't they leading the way? And the other hand, people were saying, no, this is a power move. Disney is saying, look, Universal, we don't have to follow. They should be um, making the decisions. And someone threw out Harry Potter and things like that. It was really funny, but but I think you guys are right. I think that, um, and Jeremy hit the nail on the head. If you're in a situation where you open up and then you have to close, it's going to be devastating for Disney. And people love when Disney has something wrong happen, I don't know what it is, but 
there's just this little joy that people take, you know, like when the gondola, they had that one breakdown and people were stuck in them for a few hours. Oh my God, it was like a feeding frenzy. And I can't even imagine what would happen if Disney opened too soon. Having said that, I I would really love it if they were open in time for my July trip. So, (laughs) you know. Okay. Any final thoughts on this? Just waiting patiently. Waiting patiently, <laughs> waiting patiently. I know, but I want going, to make the right decision, so I'm I'm on board with them holding off. You're going in July, Bridget. Adam, oh, no. I don't know when. Aren't you supposed to go at the end of June? I'm supposed to be there right now. Oh Lord, <laughs> he is. Look at him. Um, I am actually. Yeah, see, I'm in Disneyland right now. And and Jeremy's always there. I've got a lot on the book. We we didn't. Did you get a, a email? You got an actual cancellation for your June trip, Chris? Because we have one. Yeah. Tenth to twelfth. I haven't gotten the email yet. That's weird. My my check in was the eleventh, and I I got it. Yeah. It yeah. popped. So we, we've got July booked. We've got September booked. We've got November. In the next February booked currently. Um, is that all, so Jeremy? We'll see. That is all. We haven't filled <laughs> in. Go this month. We haven't filled in the uh, the other months. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like I'll be down there, and you're one of those people I will run into. I'll be like, oh hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I I could walk out on I could go to Publix five miles from my house, and and that sounds like a long ways, but it's through the woods, so there's not much between there. Um, and I won't run into anyone I know. I've never had it happen. But I'll go to Disney and I'll be like, oh, there's Jeremy. You know, there's whoever. It's so funny to run into people like there all the time. But yeah, yeah you're there it a lot. Really, I'm there it a really lot. is a small world after all. It is. It is. And I can't wait for that to happen again. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I'm going to turn it over to Tony then to close out the show. Thanks, Chris. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel. Check out their website, MainStreetMoreTravel.com. Request a quote and let Chris connect you with the right agent for your travel needs. You can find us on Facebook in the Mouse and More podcast group. We have our Twitter and Instagram accounts. And we'd like to thank our guest, Jeremy Stein, for joining us on this episode. You can catch more of him on the Diz Dudes and Capture the Magic podcasts. On behalf of Chris, Bridget, Crystal, Adam, and our very special guest, Jeremy, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More Podcast. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.